1: Co-worker of yours. All right, gonna turn our attention to baseball for the next couple of minutes. Got one of my faves. He's been a loyal uh, supporter of the show. Hops on when we ask him to, to lend his insight. He'll do so again for us tonight. From CBSSports.com, Matt Snyder. Matt, Jody Mack here. How you doing, bud? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, if I had asked you, if I had had you on last Sunday rather than this Sunday and said they're going to start to implement this crackdown on play- pitchers taking illegal substances out onto the field for them and going to impose a 10 game suspension if anyone is found guilty of this, where, where would you have set the over under on the first time someone would be caught? A day? Three days.
0: I be, yeah, I thought it would be a couple of weeks, actually. So that was the under what it hit. Yeah, I, I just thought, look, they're being checked right in the middle of the field. It's going to be embarrassing if you get caught and you get kicked out, and your team's going to be down a man for ten days. So I was thinking, you know, the teams are going to police this too. I mean, that is an incentive in there for the managers and pitch coaches to watch their pitchers and make sure they don't get caught because you can't be down. Multiple guys from your pitching staff for 10 days, so I was surprised it happened today. But they said it was like rosin and sweat, and if that's the case, the league officer will look at the men. He won't get suspended. Um, but yeah, I, I thought like nobody's gonna. I was I thought like nobody anything because they're gonna get caught red-handed.
1: So what do you think the conversation was in the Mariners' locker room after Santiago had been tossed today and he had to go back there, his pitching coach, his manager? uh, Did they give him a chance to explain? Did they say to him, what the hell do you think you're doing? We can't afford to be down a pitcher. How do you think it went in the uh, Mariner clubhouse afterwards?
0: I would say that was exactly what it was. And, uh, you know, Scott said after the game that it was a mixture of rosin and sweat, which is not illegal to have rosin and obviously not illegal to sweat. (laughs) Uh, so if that again, if that's the case, then he won't get in trouble. Um, but yeah, I, my hunch is he probably said, like you said, "What the hell do you think you're doing?" And and uh, Santiago must have said back, like, "Hey, that was just rosin, man. I swear." And if that's the case, then then he'll be vindicated by the league office studying his his glove.
1: Now they have rosin bags on the hill when they're al- when yeah. they're pitching, so they're certainly allowed to use rosin. But I'm assuming they found it on his glove and that yeah. uh, is he suggesting that he got so much rosin on his hands when he used the, the bag on the back of the mound that it just attached to his glove and happened to mix with the sweat? I, I'd i love to have heard Santiago's yeah, explanation do. to the umpires <laughs> when they said, yeah, you're out of
0: here. Yeah, I would love to, to have heard the conversation myself because you, you're right. Like, you're allowed to use the rosin, and all the rosin does, is, it's... It, it it's kind of just dries your hand it's when you're really really sweaty it's a good way to get rid of the sweat uh so it shouldn't be building up into some sticky substance on the glove so that's where yeah that's where it kind of like it doesn't seem to add up you know with if it's really rosin then how did he get kicked out you know
1: yeah i i uh, will need more information and i'm sure we'll get it over the next couple of days i how do you think This has played out for Major League Baseball. It is an entire week, and they finally caught one player. That's not a bad percentage with how many pitchers have been uh, used in the game this week that someone finally got caught day seven. A veteran guy who's been around maybe thought he was uh, smarter and knew how to get away with it. But do you think MLB is okay with the results they've gotten uh, after a week that they decided to crack down on the rules of their game?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, Manfred was quoted in The the Athletic earlier this week saying he thought it's going really well. And, you know, everybody on Twitter had to get on there and dunk on him because they think it looks so stupid to check the pitchers like that. But, like, I, I personally, I don't think it's that big of a deal. They're already walking off the field. It's going to a commercial break anyway. You're not slowing the game down. You're trying to make sure the guys aren't cheating. So, if I don't like somebody like when Sergio Romo, like, threw his hat in his mitt down and unbuckled his belt and took his pants off and made a big show, like, come on, don't be such a baby. You know, you're going to get checked. Just do like almost every other pitcher did. Like, you've seen, like, Jacob DeGrom was one of the first ones, and he was kind of laughing and was like, here, you can look at the hat. Here, you can look at the gloves. You want to look under the belt buckle. And just be a good sport about it. You know, Major League Baseball's cracking down on it, and you know it's because so many pitchers have been cheating for so long that it got out of control. I, it's not that big of a deal to just let him look at your hat and mitt. I,
1: I agree wholeheartedly. I thought Romo was an embarrassment to himself and his team yeah. and even the game the other night. Uh, Max Scherzer was none too pleased because Joe Girardi took it to another level when he asked Yeah, the, I,
0: I was um- going to say, I, I thought that I thought Scherzer was perfectly within his right to get mad at Girardi. Like, he, the umpires had already checked Scherzer twice, and Girardi said, like, he went through his hair. Well, <laughs> He touched his hair? Do you think he has pine tar in his hair? I was good with Max getting mad on that one. He, that
1: he might have. I actually didn't have a problem with Girardi challenging the way that he did. Now, here's where Girardi yeah. lost it. Scherzer is staring him down as he's walking off the hill and back to his dugout. And Girardi actually comes out of the Phillies' dugout like what? He's going to start a fight with Max Scherzer? Uh, yeah, Joe kind of lost his that. mind after that. <laughs> but I actually was yeah. okay with him challenging him because, yeah, he was going to his hair like he never went to his hair before. He gave the explanation yes. afterwards. He was trying to get some of the sweat from his hair because he thought that would improve his grip and there yeah. isn't a rule against using your own sweat as a foreign substance. So it was uh, it was a fair challenge on Girardi's, Girardi's part as far as I was concerned. But then, Come on, Joe, you're 50-some-odd years old. You're not going to be fighting Max Scherzer uh, on the field at Citizens Bank Park.
0: No, yeah, you, you don't want that fire. I mean, especially as intense as Scherzer is on days of the game. I mean, I, I wouldn't mess with him.
1: Yeah, he looks at you with uh, the one brown eye and the one blue eye. It would scare the snot out of me. I don't know about yeah. you, but uh, I wouldn't be coming out of the duck All right, let's talk about some on-the-field stuff. They announced the finalists for the All-Stars in both the National League and the American League. Uh, voting will begin up, out of the top three at each position tomorrow and run through Thursday, and then they'll announce the starters on Thursday. I'm sure you've already seen the results to this point. Any major egregious uh, individuals still there? Any major and egregious uh, the ones that are missed that didn't make the top three? What do you think of the voting I, results that came out today? I
0: actually thought a great job for the most part. I mean, you can you can nitpick a few spots. You can say like Trey Turner. Trey Turner should have been in the top 3 at shortstop in the National League for sure. Um, and, and there's always going to be a few like that, but for the most part, I mean, it, 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 people got it right. I mean, unknown names like uh, Adolis Garcia getting in there, or the Rangers having a big year. Uh, you know, some guys who maybe hadn't been good in a while, but are really good again, like Buster Posey being in first place and catcher. It's like a lot of people are really paying attention and did a really good job. So I think overall it was it was very good.
1: Um, and now they'll vote again for the next three days. They changed this way of voting for the All Star games a couple of years ago. Uh, do you like the new format as compared to the old?
0: <laughs> it's fine. What I mean it's 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 a blatant attempt to to just ratchet up. Uh, website traffic you know like why would you reset the vote totals unless you want a bunch of people to flood to your website for three days to vote to vote again then that is so but you know what it's fine whatever I mean it's, it's a it's an exhibition game for fun like I said almost every name on there would be a reasonable starter so I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal if there's a few people who get kind of snubbed and don't win it um, but yeah, it's fine like it's, it's as long as you accept that it's just a blatant Way to run traffic up, then that's fine. Whatever.
1: When they get to Colorado for the All Star game in a couple of weeks, will the fact that the game was originally scheduled to be played in Atlanta and was moved out because of political considerations, will that be a minute story, a completely non-existent story, a pretty big story, or a major story that you can't get away from?
0: I. I feel like, and, and I could be wrong, hopefully I'm not, but I feel like all the, the political worries have, they've they've lost interest in that story now and have moved on to different things to complain about. So hopefully by the time we play it, we can just concentrate on the all-star game or whatever and uh, we don't have the hearing of the nonsense about how many millions of jobs it costs the Atlanta area because it's only there for a couple of days. Uh, and any job would be more temporary than like a fireworks store in, in July. Uh So hopefully, like I said, I feel like the political world, they haven't been mentioning baseball that much for like the last six weeks. So so hopefully we're free from it.
1: We're talking to Matt Snyder, our buddy from CBSSports.com about all things MLB. Um, The Arizona Diamondbacks, yeah, snapped their 24-game road-losing streak last night. Uh, I got to meet Tory Lavullo when he was a player with the Detroit Tigers many years ago, and always thought he was a class guy. Was an okay player; he was nothing special. Um, but uh, my father was at the Tigers, at the organization, and he said to me, "Someday this kid's going to be a major league manager." And damn if he didn't turn out to be a major league manager. So I've uh, kind of been a Tory Lavullo fan for a, a long time, and I think he is a very good manager. But how do you lose 24 straight games in any way, shape, or form? and keep your job?
0: I don't know. Uh, I I would say uh, he's fortunate that general manager Mike Hazen has taken a leave of absence. Um, And and, and really the whole front office is is kind of in disarray. So that's probably part of the equation there. Um, Hazen's wife is dealing with cancer and he he took a leave of absence. So there's not much going on at the wheel there in the upper levels. And that might be part of the reason why he still has a job, but also like, he did a really good job when they had good personnel. Uh, they're just terrible now, and I don't, I, I don't know how much you can definitely say. Oh, that's the manager's fault. But yeah, I mean, usually when there's stretches like this, the guy gets canned.
1: Yeah, you lose twenty four games in a row. There's, there's yeah, no way you survive that. that. But to this point, he has. Uh, I think your explanation of a lot of people in the front office is probably dead on accurate. All right. Um, Also, at the All-Star Game, you immediately think of the home run contest. And when they do so in Colorado, uh, in that high, thin air, you've got a chance to have a show and a half, depending on the weather that they have that day. A couple of the Major League Baseball home run leaders, youngsters at that have said, yeah, thank you, no. A couple of juniors, Fernando Tatis Jr. and Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, both said uh, they, they will take a Pasadena on participating in the (laughs) All-Star Home Run Contest. I guess it's everybody's, right? It's kind of like the vaccination. No one can tell you you must take the vaccination, but it's probably pretty advantageous to do so. It would be advantageous for Major League Baseball if these two young men participated in it, but they can't force them. Did they both kind of owe it to the game or either owe it
0: to the game or neither owe it to the game to participate in this year's? No, I mean it's on Tatis. He's had that left shoulder problem, and I don't know if it, when you've had multiple injuries to to your shoulder, I don't know if I want you up there over hacking for for minutes at a time. And, and Vlad's already done it, and he put on a show in Cleveland in 2019, and uh, he's been a really inconsistent hitter throughout the start of his career until this year. And this year he's putting it all together. He's an MVP candidate. I could see why. Him and or the Blue Jays might have thought, you know what? I don't think we want to mess with this. Um, usually, I kind of make fun of the fans who are scared if their favorite team has a player in the derby because it's going to ruin them for the second half. Because historically, if you look at second half numbers, yeah, you can find guys who stopped hitting home runs after they run the derby, but you can also find guys who got red hot after right. they run it, like Giancarlo Sands. So. I usually am one of those guys who makes fun of the fans and says, settle down, you let your guys be, they're going to be fine. But in both Tatis and Vlad's cases, I I think you can make the argument that they definitely should not do it.
1: Speaking of Giancarlo Stanton, I was going to the Yankees next. And he's having a Giancarlo Stanton type year. Hot, hot. Carries the team for upwards of a week, then goes into a funk, and all the fans start booing him because he's striking out and making $35 million. Uh, But he is not alone with this New York Yankee team this year. Very inconsistent, very up and down, and with the payroll and the expectation the Yankees always have, it seems like, uh, listening to New York sports talk, they want everybody's head on a platter. The manager, the general manager, a lot of their players – I don't think Brian Cashman's going anywhere. I doubt highly, but I can't say with as much confidence that Aaron Boone isn't going anywhere either. How active are the Yankees going to be at the trade deadline? Uh, we're now getting closer to that, uh, I think, a month away as of uh, Wednesday. Um, is this going to be a all-in, chips-into-the-middle-of-the-table year for the Yankees, or is it still too early to make that determination?
0: I think they're going to they're gonna go for it and, and try to get hot, uh, try to kick things into gear because this is just not acceptable at all. I mean, it's, I'm just looking. They were 13th in the American League run scored heading into today, and they didn't really do that much on offense today either. I mean, it's, it starts with uh, DJ LeMahieu. I mean, it's you look at the guy who was a catalyst for the offense uh, the past two years, and now he's only hitting 270-ish, not really slugging like he had in the past years. And he's supposed to be the table setter, the contact guy in front of the big boppers, and you're just not getting it. Judge and Stanton are always going to be inconsistent. We know that, but it's a lot of the rest of the order. Other than Gary Sanchez, Gary Sanchez has been great, um, but they're just it, it, there's something missing with those. Glaber Torres, I mean, he's he's terrible right now. Yeah. He could be a lot better than this. Um, they just seem kind of broken as a team right now, and need something to kick things into gear. So, and like you said, today, actually, honestly, the first time I thought about it today, I had the passing thought, I wonder if Brian Cashman is on the chopping block or is uh, is starting to feel that like he's on the hot seat. Um, And if he does, he'll be really aggressive and trying to get himself off of it.
1: No, and that would make sense, but I don't think he's even on a uh, hot seat, uh, just from what I know with the Yankee organization. But it, yeah, it could not. get worse. They have fallen to fourth place. If they fall behind the Orioles, I think he's a goner. <laughs> yeah, I
0: would it's, say so.
1: Yeah, There's 17 more games in the standings. Yankees six and a half out. Orioles 23 out, and we're not to the halfway point of the season. Who's the team to beat in that division? Is it Boston or Tampa?
0: A lot of it depends on Tyler Glasnow's status to me because the Rays use their bullpen so aggressively. They use openers. They limit their other starters. Glasnow's the one guy that they would have go seven, eight innings and give the bullpen some breaks, and he's hurt now. If he's out for a while, I feel like their arms are going to start to get worn down. So uh, I'll I'll lean Red Sox. They're getting Chris Sale back at some point in the second half. That'll be a nice shot in the arm for them and I, they they probably have the ability to go out and buy in front of the trade deadline if they want to uh, shape up in a few spots. So I'll lean Red Sox on that, but I'm not confident. Fair
1: enough. We're talking about Snyder from com on Major League Baseball. All right, uh, one division that I absolutely have to come clean on is the National League East. I said before the year started, I would not be surprised – if four of the five teams finished above 500, I said, none of them are going to get past 95 wins because they're going to beat up on each other a little yes. bit. Yeah. And it, that Miami was the one team, even though they made the playoffs last year, I didn't see them as an above 500 team. But I thought the Phillies were right around 500. Uh, Washington was right around 500. And then the Braves and the Mets were a little bit better, but not that far ahead of those other uh, two well, they only got one team over five hundred. I was looking at four. As of right now, they have one, and that's the Mets. What's wrong with the National League East?
0: Uh, a lot of it. I mean, the Nats are hot right now. They just got off to a brutal start. Um, a lot of it's the Braves. Like they're, the Braves are struggling. They've had some guys on offense not doing what you thought they were going to do. Uh, they had the Ozuna thing happen, and that, that's a big impact. Uh, and their starting pitching has been really, really inconsistent. And, uh, you know, the bullpen's been inconsistent, too. It's, it's, it's remarkable to think, heading into the year, you, you everybody thought the Dodgers are the power of the National League, uh, rightfully, and everybody thought the next tier, the Braves were probably at the top. They have not been above 500 all year, not one game. It's remarkable.
1: All right. Uh, one last one from you. The fact that you, right now we've got such uh, quality going on in the National League West, uh, the Dodgers are 15 games over 500, the Padres are 14 games over 500, and neither one of them is in the lead right now because the Giants are the first team to 50 wins. They're actually a uh, jump back, four and four and a half back. So it looks like the Padres and the Dodgers are in very good wild card shape at a minimum. If yeah. you're a team in any of the other divisions and you know wild card is going to be very difficult, then you just have to look, can we get the job done in our own division? The St. Louis Cardinals have fallen eight games back in the Central. I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought they were a the team to beat in that division, but Milwaukee's opened up um, eight games on the Cardinals. Will the Cardinals be a seller after picking up Nolan Arenado during this offseason? If the standings dictated, will the Cardinals say, all right, never mind, we'll go the other way?
0: Yeah, I mean, at this point, if they're going to be eight games out of the division, like you said, wild card is not even a possibility. I think you really have to think about around the edges sales. Like, I don't think with the contract that they've given to Goldschmidt and Arenado, I don't think those guys would be possibilities. But fringe guys around the edges, if there's guys with one or two years left on their deal and they can try to stock the upper level of the farm system, absolutely they will. Yeah, for sure.
1: Matty, I will get you back on again before we get to the trade deadline, but I thought we'd do a little exploratory. Probably sometime around the All-Star game, we'll punch up again. Thanks for hopping on with us tonight.
0: All right. Have a good one, man. Matt
1: Snyder, CBSSports.com, lead MLB
0: writer. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.